Welcome to Partner Ops Partner. I'm your host, Darren Howerton, and this week I'm coming to you from Austin, Texas. If you've been paying attention, you might notice a little bit of audio quality differentiation because I'm using AirPods this week. I didn't want to pack up my fancy podcasting mic for a trip to Austin to get this done. This week, I'm talking about account mapping. And part of why I'm talking about account mapping again is because account mapping is an ever-increasingly important part of your partnership strategy, of your ecosystem, and your growth strategy. If you don't have an account mapping plan, you're already behind the curve. But it's not just that you need to have a plan. You also have to pick a vendor, and there are multiple vendors in the market. It's not a plethora of vendors. It's not like your CRM roadmap where you've just got a never-ending selection of potential vendors based on the complexity of your needs with a few clear enterprise models out there, you've got different companies that take slightly different approaches to the same basic concept of mapping your prospects, your opportunities, and your customers to data in a partner organization. And we also know the account mapping is not new. This is something that's been going on for a long time. But the selection of a vendor is an interesting process within any company. The more mature company that you have, the more likely you have a mature procurement process where you have a procurement team who maybe gets your actual requirements and takes those in to make a difference or vet this vendor. And so you go through a sales process and they have to go negotiate out the contracting piece and you end up doing a lot of playing pricing against one another because at the end of the day, we're entering a time of increased feature parity. That's right. When you go to talk to any vendor, you're ending up looking at features that are basically all the same. Well, I need a PRM. Cool. We do deal reg. We do content library. We have some sort of directory feature. And what you're really doing is vetting relationships. And then on the other side of it, you're probably leaving out the technical validations around your architecture that are going to make a big difference in your ability to scale. But vending, vendor selection is not fun. For most people, I saw a post just today on LinkedIn about a guy who sat through multiple processes, sales processes, and he, from as a customer, he put out uh, information. He gave them exactly what he wanted. He got through the technical requirements, and he still had to sit through demo after demo and sales companies that weren't prepared. So, if you're a vendor and you're listening to me today, first of all, thank you. I really appreciate that. Uh, if you're also listening and you're looking for insight into the buyer process, what you have to be aware of is that we're increasingly moving toward a time of feature parity for major features, also one with ungated content. People want to be able to see your platform and get in and mess with your platform without having to make big commitments to buy. And that's only going to continue. Customers are going to be more in control of the buying process. Information is going to be out there. It's going to be available. You can embrace that level of transparency or you can continue to fight that level of transparency. It's really up to you, but if you fight it, you're going to end up with a longer road to sale and a lower overall inbound funnel count. Now, if you're a customer listening to this, I am hopefully going to give you some ideas on how you can go through the vetting process. That's what this whole week is about. It's a vetting process for an account mapping solution. If you go to my article on LinkedIn or if you go find me on Partner Hacker uh, under the Partner Experience Weekly moniker, I'll put links into the podcast description so you can get this guide and go download it. I'm going to give you probably a lot more detail. Literally, all I've done is given you a bulleted guide on what to do 
to do vendor selection for joint account mapping, what I would do, basically. It's a, it's a recommendation. It's a guide. Take it, tweak it, use it, modify it, throw it in the trash. Whatever you need to do, I really don't care. I do this because it's enjoyable. Hopefully, it adds some value to you. So in the next five to six minutes, I'm just going to walk through that process because getting into account mapping has a lot of complexity in the sense that if you don't have your strategy lined out for what you're going to do with it, picking a vendor is basically throwing a dart at a dartboard and hoping you hit the target. So what are you going to do? Now, a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about here in a minute, too, it's also going to be pretty consistent for any any vendor. If you're going to look for a vendor, you need to, you need to do the, the things we're talking about. And what's really going to change is understanding your future needs and your technical delivery needs and having a larger vision for your program. Something that I find a lot of companies lack when they go to buy major partner tech. And partner tech itself is like all over the map right now. You can go look at the Canalis, uh, Canalis, Canalis, I always say it wrong. I talked to Jay the other day. I still can't remember how to say it right. You can go look at that report. You can see the 220 plus vendors in the tech and how they organize those vendors and decide if you agree with that or not agree with their organization and, and start to talk to all these different vendors and everything that's happening. And, and, and you can just be really overwhelmed by what's happening in partner tech and it's going to continue to happen. But either way, you need to pick a vendor, right? You need to pick solutions. And sometimes we're moving so fast, we don't have to do it right. So I'm going to recommend, I want to go through this recommendation and it's going to be a pretty deep list. And you may not have time to do everything, but maybe you can do parts of it. Namely, the thing I really want you to focus on is be intentional in your effort. Don't be overly swayed by relationships. Don't be overly swayed, overly swayed by referrals. Make sure it's meeting your technical needs. Make sure it's meeting your strategic needs for what you're trying to accomplish. So the first thing you need to do is you need to gather your stakeholders, okay? Marketing partnerships, sales, and operations are your main stakeholders. Uh, CS would also be in there, I think, it's depending on how you're gonna manage renewals and stuff, but usually your initial adoption of a strategic plan like this is gonna be around joint partner marketing. So you wanna get marketing, partnerships, sales ops, and then or sales, and then any operational people from those groups that need to be in the play. Then you need to do a readiness check. This means, are you ready to adopt the platform. Here's questions and things you need to ask before you turn it on so you're prepared and you have answers. One, do you have your ICP, your ideal customer profile, clearly defined? Because if you don't, you're gonna be pumping tons of data into the system that's gonna be irrelevant. You really wanna focus on your ICP when you launch. You also need to have your customer journey clearly defined. You need to know what it looks like for customers to move from prospect to opportunity to customer because those filters are gonna control what goes into your overlap model. So your ICP, plus your customer journey for moving through the system so that you can share that with your partners. Then you need to get legal compliance. What data are you going to share with partners? Who are you going to share it with? Why are you going to share it? Who should have access to your data? Who in your company should have access to partner data? You might actually need to amend your partner agreements to include these data sharing agreements as a part of your compliance model. So you need to get risk and compliance and legal sign off on that. Operationally, you need to pick somebody who's going to own the platform who has access to create overlaps. What CRM features are we bringing in? Um, what are the data sync needs for the CRM? Who should see this within the CRM, right? That's a separate security question from who should generally have access. If only certain people have access, you don't bring the data in, you can't use overlap data within your CRM. That might be a problem. So you have to narrow all that down. From an enablement perspective, you need to know who's gonna own the training strategy. Make sure you have all of the audience identified. And then ultimately, your strategic owners for the, for the effort, whatever your strategy is, need to be identified and fully committed to execution within launch. It is not uncommon for people to adopt a platform and have no strategic ownership internally. So when they start to take a project live, they have to fight to get resources and attention and people to help them move things forward. And people don't know what they're doing or why they're doing it. 
To that end, you need to validate your strategy in advance. Are you going for joint marketing campaigns? Are you going for co-selling? Are you going for partner recruitment validation and planning? Are you focused on renewals? What are you going to do within each one of these groups? Are there other groups you need to identify in terms of your approach? Joint marketing is typically your first approach, so you need to have a content commitment. You need to have a budgetary commitment for what you're going to spend for that marketing, and then you need to have project plans for how you're going to work with your partners, how you're going to joint market, develop materials, go to market together, share leads. There's a lot of stuff that could go into that. Uh, but from there, whatever you do, make sure you have metrics and KPIs agreed on so you can validate what you've done. Try to get just a few, two or three things that you think you're going to impact so you can measure impact so you know if this is even worth it. Uh, and then from there, once you pick it, make sure you have an onboarding plan with a strategic roadmap. Now, as you vet the vendors, this is really, really important. One, identify your targets. Again, they're all going to have basic features for overlap. So you need to pay attention to things like regional dominance, where do they where do they have a lot of visibility and exposure, but then also what's the dominance within your own partnership network? What do most of your partners use? You're going to find typically they use uh, one or two platforms, maybe three, because that's what they have to do to work with the partners and all their things. There's not a clear, I would say, winner in this space right now in terms of who's winning what war. There are definitely bigger players and smaller players, but you're going to find these two or three vendors pop up consistently uh, at a lot of different companies. Uh, then you're going to look for your sales team features. Where do the sales team work? Do they ask you to go into their system, or can they come into your CRM and track everything? And then how's the tracking attribution? And does that attribution model align with your attribution model that you already have or maybe one you need to develop when you actually start to do more advanced rhythms for like deal registration or opportunity management or lead distribution? Are you going to have a conflict or have dual models in place? And increasingly, this ability to set targets for partners. So, hey, we have some customers that aren't falling into overlaps, but here they are. They're close to where you work. We'd love for you to help us go after these and set targets. That's becoming a new feature increase. From a CRM integration feature, um, they're going to wow you with this and talk about the integration. At the end of the day, I don't think salespeople need to be asked to leave the platform. So I really want to see these platforms improve their CRM integration capabilities. This would include things like widgets, data sync, connecting to partners, insights they're providing. Not just access to data, but what does the data tell us? That's an increasingly needed feature in most SaaS platforms. And then what are the utilization or engagement features might exist for your CRM integration? A big one is it's going to be up there's pricing model. It's going to be by user, by overlap count, or maybe some other mix. But what is the count based on? Is it users? Is it by the core platform, by the sales tools? Are you self-administering? Is it by user? Are you paying for groups and tiers? Overlap count, very similar. Is there a base minimum? Does this go by tiers or does it go by specific counts? By any means, what's included with the integration? Are there other potential upsells you might have to advance to later? Are you getting everything up front? And do you have any tech partner enhancements or third-party tools that you might want to bring in to help add value from the very beginning? Technical validations are also important. Okay, this is the last uh, one of the last groups here. Uh, CRM integration requirements and features. We talked about that. Does that actually work for your CRM? And is your CRM team capable? Do they have the bandwidth and resources to put this in play? Security model, big one. Who's going to be in the platform? Do they have to be in that platform or can they be in the CRM? And if they're in the CRM, how do you secure the data? Who can see what and how do you manage it between profiles, security groups, or whatever the security model is? They need to have an answer for you there. Now, from an overlap management standpoint, we need more tools here, frankly, right? We need to know the frequency of updates. Are they real-time updates? Is it happening once a day, once a month? Um, what's the population shift tracking? Are they helping you keep up with when things go from prospect to, to opportunity, giving you any notifications, for example? Comparative analysis. Are, you, are they giving you how you compare to other, other companies like yours in the industry? Is there anything they're offering in platform or out of platform to help you understand that? And then the last big group is platform differentiation. 
is there a unique approach to differentiation, right? What, what sets this company apart from the other company? Okay, cool. You got prospects. You got overlaps for that. You got opportunities and customers. What's different? What's your strategic approach to market that makes you a better, quote, better vendor than any other vendor? They need to be able to speak to that differentiation. I would really want to look at their product roadmap to look at things like CRM integration enhancements, real-time synchronization potential, and the inclusion and utilization of AI in future. That's going to be a growing trend. How is AI going to impact the roadmap? How is it doing it right now? What are their plans to integrate this technology? And then support plans, pretty basic, right? Is it onboarding support? What's that look like? What's the regular support plan look like? How do we get changes? What's your response time? At the end of the day, this is just a guide, folks. We went a little long today because I rambled at the outset. But this is just meant to help you. If you're working in partner operations or if you're a partner leader, uh, hopefully this guide is helpful. Please go to my article. Feel free to download this, share this with your ops team. Again, modify it, send it back to me. Let me add more stuff to it. I'm happy to make updates. Or if you're looking for help going through the process, if you're looking for guidance going through the process, you want to get some outsourced help, please feel free to reach out and let me know. Uh, I appreciate you listening. Wherever you are, whoever you are, I'd love to know about your experience, what you want to hear about. Uh, the next few weeks is definitely going to be about vetting vendors, and then I'm going to maybe look into taking a brief hiatus while I restructure some things and reorg some things uh, and come back maybe hopefully with some different conversations and interviews with people that are going to follow the same 10 to 12-minute format. This week has been 13 minutes. My gosh, your patience. I will stop violating your trust. Thank you. Have a great week.